Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Begin a new series on sin and righteousness. Today, the only sin God won't forgive. Did you know there's a sin that God won't forgive? The only sin God won't forgive and 21 other things you didn't know about sin. That's today's title. Good day to you. Glad that you're with me. And uh, obviously, we're going to fly through these if we're going to get through them in an hour. So I'm going to start. Let's begin with our text in Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 5. I'm going to read a few scriptures to, to start. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 20. uh, I think it's going to be 21. Nope. Yeah, 21. Revelation 21, 1 to 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eye, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. Then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Verse 8, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Number one, the only sin God won't forgive and 21 other things you didn't know about sin. So altogether, 22 uh, facts about sin today. Number one, there is sin. And I want you to write that down. There is sin. There is such a thing called sin. You don't hear that word ever. You don't hear it outside of church, and anymore you don't hear it inside of church. We all struggle. No, it's called Sin. It's not a struggle. It's not something you're dealing with. It's not a weakness that you have. You, it is called sin. And the wages of sin is death. Which I'm going to get ahead of myself. So number one, there is sin. 
The first step of addressing a problem is realizing there is a problem and what it is. There is a thing called sin. Not personality quirks, not baggage. It's not your ethnicity. I'm, I'm Irish. We get angry. I'm Jamaican. I like to drink. Whatever. It's called sin. And the Bible tells you there's specific actions that you can take in life and make a part of your lifestyle that guarantee you won't go to heaven. And I, that's why I read those passages. Sexual immorality, any sex outside of marriage, guarantees that you go to hell. You'll have many ministers this year that have sex with somebody in their congregation and get in the pulpit the next Sunday. Many of you heard some things about me. You know, don't judge me. I won't judge you. Amen. We all have, we've all messed up. We've all, no, sorry. They don't, there's, you can tell there's no understanding. There's a thing called sin. It's a cancer. It will guarantee you go to hell. There's no true repentance. If you think that everybody sins, we all, we all make mistakes. There is a thing called sin. Idol worship. It's not Bible idol worship. You know, how many of you know anything that you put ahead of God in your life is an idol? No, this is talking about graven images that people worship. Obviously, nothing should be in your life ahead of God, but that's not what idolatry is. Idolatry is idol worship. Preachers did such a good job in yesteryear that there wasn't any idol worship in the United States, so then they just had to, like, find another definition for it. But now it's alive and well in America. Hindu temples, Buddhist temples, people worshiping statues and, and graven images. No, it's talking about any sex. I don't know how it could be any more clear. Any sex outside of marriage is sin. Gay sex, straight sex, all the other weird sex people are inventing by the hour. Sexual immorality, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, jealousy, murder. You can't kill someone. You can't take someone's life. Number one, there is such a thing as sin. There is action that you can take in life that God calls sin that guarantees you will go to hell. There's no rest in peace. There's a heaven, there's a hell, and every person will spend their eternity in one of those two places. Thanks, January. Number two, the definition of sin. What better place to get the definition than the Bible? Well, I'll, I'll give the New Living Translation a shot. 1 John 3, 4. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. Let's do King James. Gives a better definition. 1 John 3, 4. Whoever committeth sin transgresses against the law. For sin is transgression against the law of God. Uh, 
Robbie, just listen, if you would. I'm going to cover. I'm covering 22 points. I'll get to that. Number two, the definition of sin, according to the Bible, all sin is transgression against the law of God. Sin is willful disobedience. To the law of God. Willful transgression or rebellion against the law of God. Thanks, Ron. Sin is willful transgression against the law of God. I don't uh, personally believe in how people talk about they fell into sin. and You blow through. It's like... Uh, this is the time of year where I live where they start to redo all the roads around here. So there's a bridge that they're totally redoing. There's huge barriers up. Road closed, bridge closed for construction. If I drive my car off that unfinished bridge, I had to blow through a barrier to do it. And that's how I feel God set people up. Even unsaved people. You're born with a conscience. I was listening to Dr. Lester Summerall this morning before I came in. He said, you know, he preached in every country and territory of the world. And he said, there was nowhere that he went. Because he, he said, I would ask them to see if the Bible was true about God writing his laws instinctively in man. He'd say, he'd say to like uh, the tribal leader, what happens? Is it okay to kill someone else here? No. Is it okay to take somebody else's wife here? No. Is it okay to take somebody's cow here? Oh, no. You know, everywhere he went, what the Bible calls sin was enforced. You have to blow through. Now, the more you do it, the easier it gets. That's why the Bible talks about having a seared conscience. And, you know, you can callous your heart. Children are very sensitive if you've ever, if you're a parent. It's amazing how sensitive kids' spirits are, that they're very very upset if they did something wrong. But then the more you do it, the more you, you can actually turn that switch off and sear your conscience. Sin is willful defiance of God's law. Let me read Romans chapter 1. It says it pretty well. Romans 1.18, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who push the truth away from themselves. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. So the Bible even tells you there, there's no way anybody can't know there's a God. He put this knowledge in their heart, and they chose to push it away from themselves and sin. Number two, 
the definition of sin. 1 John 3, 4, sin is transgression against the law of God. Number three, uh, Ezekiel 18, 20, and then Romans 6, 23. Ezekiel 18, 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. Number three, the wages of sin is death. If you work for me at our ministry, you get paid money. If you sin, you get paid. And the payment is death. Not unhappiness. I mean, no, when we sin, we, we're never going to live the, to the full extent of the happiness that God wanted us. No, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's a, it's a law. If you sin, it magnetizes death to you. If a nation des- decides to indulge in sin. So what Jesus did for me when I first got saved is not sufficient if I sin now. How about listen? I'm defining sin. When did I ever say that? The wages of sin is death. Everybody having their, their own discussions in the comments, that's great. I feel like Rodney Howard Brown at, at letting the commenters uh, irritate me. Am I doing a teaching on can you lose your salvation? Why don't you listen to 22 facts about sin? Why don't you discuss whether the rapture is pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib while you're at it? If you're just going to talk about stuff that's off-subject, then, then uh, just, just go nuts. Talk about who the greatest pitcher was of all time in baseball. Talk about the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is 22 facts about sin. If you'll listen, I can help you. If you already know everything, why listen? The wages of sin is death. You'll never have a proper hatred for sin and you'll never live in victory over it if you accept the American version of what sin is. 
and how they preach it on TV. And I'm not against television preachers. I am a television preacher. I mean, no sin will rob us of our dreams. Sin will make us, sin will put a sadness in you. Sin will kill you. When the devil tries to get you entangled in sin, it's not to make you unhappy. It's to destroy you, to kill you. The wages of sin is death. So you'll hate it. You know, turn to Psalm 51. A psalm of David regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. When David sinned, listen to his attitude about his adultery. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from sin. For I recognize my rebellion. And it haunts me day and night. That is absent. Now, that was when David committed adultery. Listen to the average person that commits adultery that's in the ministry that gives their little speech on Instagram or whatever. As many of you heard, I had an emotional attachment um, that was inappropriate. You're not, you're already explaining it away. You say, you know, no sorrow. Look at David. I recognize my rebellion, and it haunts me night and day. Now, you can be forgiven, of, and we'll get to that. But if you sin, it should bother you. Well, you know, we all, we all do it. I, you want to judge me, I'll judge you. We all could, we all could just sit here and judge each other because we all have sins. I have sinned. No, we don't. I recognize the rebellion, my rebellion. He didn't blame. Notice he doesn't write anything about Bathsheba in here. Oh, Lord, why do you create women who bathe on roofs? It's her fault. I recognize my rebellion. And I'm going to do a whole lesson in this series on living in victory over sin, but it starts. It starts with recognizing it's my fault. Well, the way, the way I was raised, no, it was my fault. It's not my parents' fault. Because there's gems that come out of garbage homes. And there's awful people who come out of good homes. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what's evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. Your judgment against me is just. 
I don't think it's right. You know, after all I've done for God, I killed Goliath and like I wrote a bunch of songs for him and now he's going to send judgment against me because I, I you know, I slept, I slept. I, granted, I shouldn't have done it, but I mean, who has not done? No, that wasn't David. Your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. I, I lift this out. It should be 23 facts about sin. Sit, write this down just as a bonus. Sin brings sorrow. Television commercials and television shows make it seem like sin brings joy and serving God brings some kind of like miserable sorrow, but at least you make heaven. Sin brings sorrow. Give me back my joy again. Sin took David's joy. David that danced before the Lord on a regular basis. Sin has death attached to it, and sin has sorrow attached to it, not joy. You look at bars on TV, everybody's having fun. You go to a bar in real life, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sorrowful place. There's no joy in sin. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You, d- you do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Write that down. That will help you. Since people are already jumping away, can I be forgiven? God will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls again will be sacrificed on your altar. The wages of sin is, well, I guess we'll just make that number three. The wages of sin is sorrow and death. The wages of sin is sorrow and death. Romans 6.23, Ezekiel 18.20 and the entirety of Psalm 51. Number five, as David said in Psalm 51, Psalm 51, five, for I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Man is born in sin. Number five, Every child is born with the stain of sin. 
Thanks to Adam. Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And of course, you're probably more familiar with the King James. All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, and death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Sin is passed through the blood to every generation. That's why understanding there was a, a prominent minister a couple Christmases ago who said whether Jesus was born of a virgin or not is not important to me. What's important is that he died on the cross for my sins. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then he carried the stain of sin and would have needed somebody to die for him. What an awful lack of understanding to say something like that as a minister. Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Mary, the thing conceived in you will be holy. For the, spirit, for the presence of God will overshadow you and you'll become fruitful. If Jesus had been born of an earthly father, he would have carried sin. He wouldn't have been... Uh, I mean, that, that's a, quite the thing to say as a minister. First of all, the Bible tells you he was born of a virgin, but that's why the virgin birth matters because Jesus didn't have to die for his, for his sins. He didn't have any sins to die for. So... He became a perfect sacrifice for my sin. And we'll get to that. Number four, sin came into the world. Oh, sorry, I skipped uh, four. So five is man is born into sin. Sorry about that. Number, number four, where did sin come from? Romans 5.12, which we just read. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Where did sin come from? When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. That's where sin came from. Number five, so four, sin came into the world through one man, Adam. Where did sin come from? Number five, everyone is born in sin. That's why the Bible says in 1 John, if anyone says, I don't have any sin, talking about people that aren't saved, because we'll get to redemption and righteousness in this lesson. But you'll see that in America, there's people that drive around with a bumper sticker on their car that says, born okay the first time. In other words, I don't need to be born again. I was, I'm just fine. No? No, you're not. Has anybody by show of emoji hand heard modern, uh, usually younger ministers, like 40 and younger, say, um, how many of you know you're enough? I want to just remind you today that you're, you're enough. I'm enough. Amen. No, that's, that's actually new age religion. That is not Christianity. You're not enough. You are 
You were born in sin and headed to hell by your sin. In me dwelleth no good thing. The flesh profiteth nothing. It's the Holy Ghost that quickeneth and bringeth life. So Christianity is not about discovering the real you, the inner you. No. Christianity is, I need to die. (laughs) That's Christianity. Maybe I'll do an Instagram post like that just to be the opposite of my generation. Hey, just giving you a reminder today that you're enough. Hey, just giving you a general reminder today that you need to die. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. I must decrease, he must increase. So you go into the altars about. You die at the altar. Number six. Turn to Joshua chapter six. Might be chapter seven. Find out when we get there. Uh, Joshua 7. God told the Israelites when they attack Jericho, you're not allowed to take anything out of the city except some things for the temple. But nobody, normally they plundered the people they, they beat. God said, nobody takes anything. So they beat, they beat this in unconquerable city named Jericho. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men, so they, for the sake of time, you, you can read it, Joshua chapter 7, they lose now to this town, this tiny town called Ai, even the name's tiny. It was such a little town, they only sent some of their troops out. It would it'd have been easy to knock out. So they, they beat this great city with ease, and then they lose to this little town. Now listen to this. Verse 6, Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, Why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? How did the Lord answer his prayer? But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. So you don't mask disobedience with prayer. 
Father God, I just, we don't know why. No, get up and take action against the thing that brought defeat, which is sin. They have stolen some of the things I commanded must be set apart for me. And they've not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Verse 16. Early the next morning Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clans of Judah came forward. The clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward person by person and Achan was singled out. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to God, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you've done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, It's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, and a gold bar weighing more than a pound. I coveted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the valley of trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. Then you go to Joshua chapter 8. What's the title? The Israelites defeat Ai. Number six, one sin brought defeat to God's covenant people, Israel. One sin. Sin will break victory in your life. Sin will bring defeat. Righteousness attracts victory. Sin attracts defeat. If you're living holy before the Lord, the devil can't do anything to you. Demons can't do anything to you. People can't do anything to you. They can try. Though your enemy attacks you from one direction, I'll make him run from you in seven. When you're living in sin... Nothing works. One man's sin brought defeat to the people that had been promised, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, you'll be on land that I've given to you. Oh God, why are we being defeated? We just ask. Get up off your face and get rid of the sin that's in the camp.
every problem in life is not caused by sin. If you're going through a, a, a if you're going through a rough spot, but most of the time it is. So you should always check your see for me. The devil's under my feet. So if something's going wrong, I don't blame the well, the devil's been attacking. I can't get attacked by somebody that's under my feet. If something's going wrong, I'm out of alignment with God somewhere. And you check yourself. Paul did. I keep a close watch on myself, what I teach, and how I live. Lest after preaching to others, I myself become a castaway. I keep a close watch on myself, what I teach, and how I live. One sin. When Israel lived righteously, nobody could take them out. Sometimes they'd win without anybody having to swing a sword. Just sing, just shout, and the victory came. And when Israel transgressed against God, no amount of effort could bring them victory. They lost to their enemies. David, a righteous teenager, brought down Goliath, a mighty man of war. Number seven, sin is not accidental. Sin is willful transgression against the law of God. Stop passing it off like it's just something that happens. Well, you know, I, I fell into sin with my girlfriend. No, you didn't fall into sin. You planned the place to be. Many texts were exchanged. It was planned out. You did not fall into sin. You allowed your mind to go down a path you, and left it unchecked. And we'll get, actually, let's do it now. Number seven, sin is not accidental. Sin is willful transgression against the law of God. Number eight, sin has four stages. If you understand this, it'll help you deal with sin. Sin has four stages. And you see him with Achan. He outlined him in Joshua 7. You can also see him with David with Bathsheba. Sin has four stages. Number one, I saw. Number two, I coveted. Number three, I took. Number four, I hid. I saw a, Babylon, a, a, ro a beautiful robe, a, a gold bar, and some silver. I wanted them. I coveted them. Three, I took them. Most people start dealing with sin in stage three. You deal with it in stage one and two. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then you guard what your heart is longing for. You know, you raise a kid in church and they go off to college at 18 and go start going to clubs and get all messed up. That didn't start at college. They were probably watching programming on, on the entertainment channel or whatever at 14, 13 and seeing clubs and getting it in their heart. Man, when I have my own car... 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to, and I got my own money. I'm headed there. Watch where your heart is longing after. Lot pitched a tent towards Sodom. And later, where was Lot living? Sodom. Where you're looking today is where you'll be living tomorrow. I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. David saw Bathsheba. He wanted her. He took her. He had her, tried to have her husband. Uh, well, he had him killed so that he could, he could cover up the sin. I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. Felipe said, does that mean there's no unknown sins that we can commit? Yeah, I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't subscribe to that theory that I, you know, that, I mean, you know, we, even when we don't know it, we're sinning. No, that violates the definition of sin, which is willful transgression against the law of God. Let me ask you a question. Someone that has never gone to church a day in their life, if they take a woman into their house to have sex with her, do they open the blinds or close the blinds? Why? Why don't they just have sex in the driveway? Out, out in the neighborhood, they, they know, they hide, they hide. <laughs> the fact that people hide, the fact that strip clubs have no windows so, and parking in the back, why? Why? You don't believe in God, right? It's all fine. So just do it. Why are you ashamed? Why deep down is there shame? If you go to bake a pie for your neighbor, do you draw the blinds? and dim the lights, and look over both shoulders as you're making? No. When you do good things, <laughs> you, don't, you don't hide. Your own heart testifies against you. <laughs> what husband? I'm talking unsaved. Like, let's say somebody has harsh things to say about church and God. What husband brings his mistress home and says, Hey, honey, I'll be in the bedroom. This is uh, Donna here. As we know, there's no moral law. We're all just a collection of cells and biological creatures. This is normal. No. No, you hide. Something in your heart testifies against it. Interesting, isn't it? In that day, no one will have to teach them, for I'll write my laws in their heart. People know. Adult movie store, parking in the back. Sin has four stages. People usually deal with it at stage three. But it starts at what you look at. What you look at produces a longing in your heart. 
That's why they put sporting events on TV for free. You watch it long enough, before you know it, you're saving up two paychecks to go to one game. You watch it, you get a desire to be there. That's why you should be careful what you focus on. Oh, that's good to know. Brett in the comments said that a Christian, once they're saved, can't fall away from God. Man, I wish someone would have told the Apostle Paul so he wouldn't have wasted all that time writing to the church in Galatia. Let me remind you, as I've reminded you before, that no sexually immoral person, no drunkard, was, the, was Galatians written to the city of Galatia or the church at Galatia? Because if it was written to the church at Galatia, that would be very odd if you can't lose your salvation that Paul would remind them about specific behaviors that will cost them an eternity in hell. But what do I know? What does Paul know? Number eight, sin has four stages. Number nine, Proverbs 5.22. A man's sins are like ropes that catch and hold him, and he's not free to do what he wants. John 8.34. Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave of sin. Number nine, sin has a binding power that cannot be defeated by man's willpower. A man's sins are like, so the answer to sin is not trying not to sin. And that's what you hear even Christians say. You know, I'm going I'm to try. You lose. You can't defeat sin by willpower. A man's sins are like ropes that catch and hold him, and he's not free to do what he wants. Whoever sins becomes a slave of sin. Number nine, sin has a binding power that cannot be defeated by man's willpower. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Turn there with me. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Be careful, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts, again, is this written to sinners or uh, Christians? It says, be careful, brothers and sisters. So he's not writing to unbelievers. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still called today, 
so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Number 10, sin is deceptive. Sin carries with it a deception. Do you ever hear when people get exposed that were in sin? You think, how could somebody be that stupid? My father has a saying that you can put under this point. Number 10, sin makes you stupid. Sin deceives the person that's in sin. No, it's, it's different for me. When I was listening to Lester Summerall this morning, he talked about a, a, a preacher back then in the 90s that fell, that fell into, um, there I go, using terminology I already preached against, that left his wife for another woman. And he said, I called that preacher to try to, like, rescue him. And he, he said, no, I'm fine, you know. It's not wrong. It's different. He had reasons for why it was okay for him. You know, the devil doesn't have to get you to agree that it's okay, that adultery is okay. He just has to get you to agree that it's okay in your case. I've been in the ministry long enough to have counseled people that, that were in sin like that and didn't, didn't want to repent, had the opposite uh, view that David had in Psalm 51. You know, well, it's diff you know my wife, my wife um, is emotionally abusive and she, she doesn't sleep with me. And so, you know, they, they'll, they'll come up with like, a reason why it's okay for them to sin. It's okay in my case. My case is different. No? That's the deception of sin. It's okay for me. It's different for me. I can drink. You know, I, I can handle it. I know other people can't, but alcohol is actually, um, the Bible says a little wine for the stomach, and I've actually... Uh, I actually preach better when I'm on cocaine, I've noticed. Even my wife told me. It's different for me. That's the deception of sin. When you start, <laughs> when you start blurting stuff out that's against the Bible, pay attention. That's different for me. I'm different, you know. My girlfriend and I do sleep together, but we've already made a commitment. We are going to get married, you know, so it's, we basically are like in what What's marriage? It's just a piece of paper from the state, you know. What's the, that's the deception of sin. Yeah, and since I've brought it up a bunch of times, if a minister uh, has an affair or whatever, if he repents, God can help him. But you got, I'll tell you, you know, I'm only 40. But if you watch people that don't repent and have this, like, you know, they're actually angry at other people, not at themselves. The church is the only institution that buries its wounded. Whatever, man. You, you, uh, you messed up. You might want to get it under the blood instead of being angry at people. I, I, you know, I've been around a little bit. You know, I, I fell into some problems in my marriage. See, that, when you start coming up with other language instead of sin, look how David talked in Psalm 51. 
I've sinned. I've transgressed against your law. Not, not I fell into some problems in my marriage. I've fallen into problems in my marriage. A couple weeks ago, my wife uh, took the car and the keys for my car. So I had no ride to get here to speak. That was a problem in my marriage that was rectified in about 35 minutes. Now, if I cheat on my wife, that's not a problem in our marriage. That's adultery. That's a sin. Be careful of people who come up with flowery language for sin. We all have baggage. You know, we all have, um, I fell into some problems in my marriage. And when I did, um, a lot of the pastors that used to have me come in and preach, they, they won't even return my calls. What did you think was going to happen, genius? That's the deception of sin. When you sin and you think you're the victim. Sitting in my living room getting drunk because my dad was like never at my little league games. He was always traveling and preaching. I'm the victim. That's the devil. Anytime you f you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's the devil talking to you. When Joshua threw himself down on, on face down and cried out to God, why did we lose our battle? God didn't come up beside him, just put his arm around him. I know Joshua. There's just some things. No, get up off your face and get rid of the sin. Number 10, sin is deceptive. Don't let it deceive you. You're not a victim. I want you to write that down. It would be good for you to write it. Write, I am not a victim. And don't ever let anybody make you a victim by the way they speak to you. You know, in our community, we have... Pro no, I'm not in your community. You have your own community. I'm in, I'm in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is the home of overcomers. To them that overcome, I will cause them to sit down on my throne, and they will wear my crown. I'm not a victim. Your childhood was less than ideal. You're not a victim. You were abused. You're not an abuse victim. That was an attack from the devil in your past. You're on the other side of it now, and you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, your Lord. While I'm on the subject, I would say much sin, much sin starts at feeling sorry for yourself. Men have affairs on their wives because they feel sorry for themselves. My wife doesn't like treat me the way I feel like I should be treated. And that was the devil putting that in your mind. How are you supposed to be treated, O oh king? Don't ever permit yourself to feel sorry for yourself. It leads down a bad road. That's not, that's not how victors think. That's not how conquerors think. It's how you lose your marriage, feeling sorry for how, how you're treated in your marriage. It's how you lose your ministry. 
thinking about, you know, I, I went and preached at this church. They only gave me $100. I'm sure more than that came in the offering. Boo-hoo. Pick up and move on. Is there a devil who attacks? The shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the devil, correct? Most, listen to me, most of what people write off as attacks from the devil are consequences for bad decisions. Do you think most people are being attacked by a demon of debt? Or do you think most people spend a lot of money that they didn't have? A demon did not enter your credit card information into Amazon. You did. Psalm 51. David didn't say, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm bound by a demon of adultery. I actually know my uncle had an affair too. It's a generational curse. It's my decisions that got me where I am. Forgive me. I messed up. Someone said in the comments, what if your husband constantly cheats? Uh, is it okay to feel sorry for yourself? No, it's never okay to feel sorry for yourself. You take action. Divorce him. It's biblical grounds for divorce. It's called abandonment. And sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is a Bible grounds for divorce where you can remarry again and it not be a sin. Feeling, what does feeling sorry for yourself get you? A warm cup of tea and a sweater and just sitting up in your... That ain't, that's not Christianity. Take decisive action to change problems. Hebrews 10.22, turn there with me. Now, I already had you right. I'm not a victim. Now, I want you to write a second thing. I refuse to be a victim. I'm not one, and I'm not going to be one. Hebrews 10.22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Number 10, sin, or sorry, 11, sin destroys the conscience. You want to know how <laughs> you want to know how tender a child's conscience is? I can't remember what 
I was playing a video game. I think it was a video game that had shooting in it where you like kill people on the video game. And Camila was sitting next to me. And she said, I'm, I'm, uh, or I said, do you want to play? She said, no. I said, you can play. I said, these are just fake people. You know, great father here. I said, they're just fake people. Just, just play. I, I give you permission. You know what she said when I told her I give you permission? She went, yeah, but what about Jesus? I did it, you know, sitting with me as her dad. You can do this. Yeah, no, but I, I don't feel right about it. What about Jesus? That hit me. But the more you sin, the more you override your conscience. Until you get to the point, you can callous it and you can sear it. <laughs> yeah, I know you give me permission. What about Jesus? It's not you I'm concerned about. <laughs> yeah, it's the Lord. She had a good mom. Number 12. Sin carries a law. That I, another law. Numbers 32, 23. Going to pause for today. We'll do part two tomorrow. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, thank you for your word. that shows us the right way to live, the true way to have life and life more abundantly. As I've taught this today, any conviction that has stirred up in people's lives, encourage them by your Holy Spirit that they don't have to be a victim of sin or the devil. They can rise up in your power now and throw those shackles off. In Jesus' name, and never be enslaved to sin again. In Jesus' name. I don't want you to log off yet. This is very important. If as I was teaching on this, and I know people did in the comments, you know, well, can I be, as soon as I started teaching on sin, you had people, well, what if I had sex before I was... It starts to stir up in you what the world and even American religion taught you to keep buried. You know, you know we all say, the word, the word produces a desire in you to get clean in, 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 in your spirit. My father has another saying when he preaches, get rid of sin or sin will get rid of you. Sin destroys everything it touches. While I was teaching, there's some of you listening that heard the word, and, and you know there's something in you that's not right with God, and you need to get it right. You've excused it. You might have even found a church where they excuse it. They do it too. They make sure to tell you every Sunday we all sin. I mean, no, drunkenness is not the unpardonable sin. I mean, no, adultery is not the unpardonable sin. I mean, no, no matter how many times we sin, there's forgiveness. Amen. 
They grease the track for you to go to hell. But the word stirred it up in you, the whole, stirred up the Holy Ghost to throw it off. You're not meant for that. You're not meant to be a slave to sin. You're a child of God. Sin doesn't have to live in victory over you. You can live in victory over sin. If you're watching me live, then in the future on the replay, and you know, Lake Aiken, you need to get rid of sin. And then there's some of you watching, you know the four stages of sin? I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. Some of you are in stage four, which is the hiding it. Locked box, locked text messages, locked accounts on your laptop for dating sites that your wife doesn't know about or whatever. It is so easy, the devil has made it so easy through technology to get to have like a secret life. Kill that secret life today. Bible says in Romans chapter, uh, chapters 1 and 2, the day will come where God will judge everyone's secret life. Don't have a secret life. I do my best not to. You know, that's why I post pictures of me like in a, taking a plane to my meeting. You know everything about me. There's nothing to be exposed. Expose it to God so it doesn't get exposed. So I'm saying that, not just pray with me now, but when you're done praying with me, get rid of the objects the enemy used to keep you in sin. If you need to receive Jesus Christ and his power through his blood today to wash you of sin, forgive you of sin, and cleanse you of sin, that third one's important. It doesn't just forgive you. It'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Say this prayer with me out loud where you're at. Say it from your heart. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hands and pray this with me as well. Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to shed his blood on the cross. I thank you for the power of that blood to destroy sin's control over my life. In Jesus' name, I am free. Say this out loud. Free at last and free forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's awesome, Ace. If you prayed that prayer, 
I want you to let me know in the comments. Right, I did. As in, I prayed that prayer. Then secondly, thank you, Ms. Cat. Secondly, go to RevivalToday.com and click I Just Got Saved. And I'll, if you fill that form out completely, I'll send you a Bible and other materials I made to help people live the Christian life. Awesome. Wow, wow that's great. Double M, Haiti, Alicia, David, Jessica, Ace. No, you can't donate to me through YouTube. They demonetized me. Danny, Christopher, JB, that's a lot of people today. You're welcome, Hannah. Maria, Lindley, welcome to the family, everybody. Stephen, really great. Please do that second thing and go to revivaltoday.com and click I just got saved. I'll send you a Bible and other stuff I made. Uh, to help you live the Christian life, and that's it. You won't be solicited for money or anything like that. It's just to help you. Awesome. Awesome, Elisha. Awesome, Joshua. Devin. Peter said, I did while driving. That's great. I'm happy. So we'll do part two tomorrow. I'm glad you found me, Jennifer. See, that's good. That's good that you admit that. Feels good that the Bible says confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. And that's not your real name. You have a screen name, so that's good. See, my husband left me after 17 years and is having sex with another girl at work. I drank six times this last week, and I kissed another dude. Lord, please forgive me. See, that's where it starts. That's, that's, how you, that's how you get, that's how you live in dominion. If you start letting the devil get you to feel sorry for yourself, and I'm not saying there's nothing that happens in life that you don't have a legitimate right from a worldly perspective to feel sorry for yourself. Your husband leaves you after 17 years for, for, for another lady. That hurts. But you don't allow, you don't allow it to fester. You don't allow the devil to start talking to you. So we'll pick this up tomorrow. Before you go, right now, we're building a church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a church that will never shut down, a church that will have no mass or social distancing. The first time that church shuts down will be when, when Christ raptures his church. And hopefully there will be nobody left to attend that's a member there. Secondly, we went on Daystar Television this last week worldwide. Our old records, record for calls during a program was 260. We had 2,770 people call for prayer and to be saved, either for, for prayer to be saved, including people that had, from other countries that never heard the gospel before. I would like to do that again worldwide. So 
I'm going to challenge you as far as the TV thing goes. It's 20 grand to, to, to run it worldwide. If someone would sow that today, I'm going to go right back on air and do it again. Two zero comma zero zero zero. If you give 20,000 US and say, I like how you preach and I want to send it to the whole world. I, it's not wrong to take an offering on TV, but I didn't take an offering. Just straight for prayer, for miracles. We had a paralyzed person that watched that called in for prayer and, and walked. Stood up and walked on the phone. The call center people were sending me pictures of them crying after praying for the people because the Lord transformed thousands of lives that night. In 58 minutes, 2,770 calls for prayer. So I'll put that $20,000 challenge out. And then if you want to sow uh, during this time to help us build the church, look, if you can't do $20,000, I'm just challenging. There are people who can. If it, however, start where you're at. So I'm believing for 500 people that will sow 1,000. I'm going to send you our new Kingdom Builders Bible for those that give at the $1,000 level. If you do 5,000 or more, Along with the Bible, I'm going to send you a two-terabyte hard drive of all my preaching uh, for the last 20 years 20 years of, of evangelism. See you, Ace. Glad you joined us. And then I'm believing, and I want to thank the people who have, um, believing for people that will give at the $10,000 level or more, we've been having... Quite a few businesses do that, and I want to say thank you. I'm not going to read your name on air because the way things are now, somebody links your business to me, then you're going to, you know, it could become a whole social media campaign to shut your business down like my pillow. But know that I've seen it, and I'm thankful, and I'm going to write you this week. And then I'm believing for heavy hitters that will give at the $100,000 level or more like we've had people start to do as we build this, this new church. And I'll say thank you ahead of time. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Thank you, Nariel. Here's the ways you can give. Hashtag donate on Facebook. You can text RT to 50155. Cash app or Venmo. We have both now. Dollar sign RT give, as in revival today. So we've added Venmo to the mix. Uh, RevivalToday.com slash PayPal. Easy way to do it, especially if you're international. Oh, you watch me in the UK, David? Tell me where in the UK. Thank you, Janet. $1,000 giver, and I love your profile picture. Thank you so much. Tell me where you watch in the UK. I'm one of the rare Americans... Who know, who know the little towns and stuff because I follow uh, English football even down the league too. So I know that. Thank you, Kim. Cryptocurrency, you can scan that QR code. And then if all that's too confusing, just go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. You're welcome, Tasha. Ipswich. I know where that is and I know the logo of your football team. Um, I'm going to sound uh, corny, but I, I support Manchester United only because 
Actually, Inter Milan in Italy is my favorite team, but Manchester United. America used to have no soccer on TV. And then when they started to show it, they'd only show Manchester United. So obviously I started to <laughs> support them because I had no choice. Arsenal fan. Well, my heart goes out to you. You can mail it. Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. If you want to speak to a human being, 412-446-2332. A friendly human being at that. Plus one, 412-446-2332 if you're international. Excited to send it to you. I used, to, I used to support Bradford City because I knew Smith Wigglesworth was from there, the Bantams. But the, that town's starting to irritate me. Why do I not support Arsenal? There's enough pain in life. Don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com and click Claim your offer. <laughs> Thank you for your giving. Let me tell you something else. I'm hitting the road this month. West Virginia this coming weekend. If you want to move to go to my church, move to Pittsburgh. The church will be by the airport, the Pittsburgh airport. This weekend, Bridgeport, West Virginia. Next weekend, Millville, New Jersey. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Weekend after that, Warner Robins, Georgia. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Faith Life Family Church. Looking forward to it. There's me looking suspicious. Wait a minute. That's not a real Rolex for $10. I've been had. Come see me live. Don't try. Get there. Love you. Thanks for watching. Share the broadcast. A lot of people need, need to hear that about sin. You know that. God bless everybody that prayed the prayer. And uh, that's awesome, Evelyn. Yeah, uh, Charles said, home of Mike Trout. Yeah, that's the second person that wrote that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Right, Jay? One of, the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. One of the greatest players of all time. Terry, people aren't posting what they donated. They give through Facebook, and it appears in the comments. Looks like somebody's hungry.
also, the verse, don't let your left hand know what your right hand do, is doing, if you read it in context, it's talking about giving to the poor. Otherwise, it would have been a sin for David to announce what he gave to the work of the temple. And people announced what they gave publicly to the work of the Lord all through the Bible. So don't condemn people for giving. Obviously, you don't give yourself. Just eat and eat and eat. I love you. I will see you this time uh, tomorrow morning as we continue part two. The only sin God won't forgive and 21 other things you didn't know about sin. And then tonight, check the news, 11 p.m. Mwah! See you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.